So if you were with us last week, last week, um, actually, I said something at the beginning of the message last week that I believe that for many of you guys, um, we're, we're talking about these prayers, and we're talking about talking to Jesus, and that's basically prayer. And, and so we're talking about in this, this series, talking about prayers, and really what these are, these are dangerous prayers that I want to encourage you guys as followers of Jesus. If you're in this room, you say you're a follower of Jesus. I want to encourage you guys to begin praying these prayers. And so, um, and so there are these three different prayers that we're going to talk about, that we're going to pray. And, and I believe that for many of you, that one of these prayers that we're praying in these series, if not all of them, are going to have a significant impact on your life. In fact, last week I, I said this for some of you guys in this room, one of these messages and one of these prayers tonight might become, remember we talked about an anchor message? And it might be an anchor message. And, and um, let me ask you this. So last week we talked about a prayer. Did anybody pray that prayer last week? A, a couple of us, all right, a few of us did. Okay, good, that's fine, that's fine. Um, I, I'm proud of you guys, good job. So last week we talked about, the basically in the prayer in two words was search me, was search me, search me God, search my heart. And so tonight, um, tonight though, Tonight's message, is, it, tonight's message is probably going to be the most difficult one out of these three prayers that we're talking about. And so um, this one is, is by far, I would say, if we're saying like a level of danger in these prayers, is by far the most dangerous prayer of all three. And it's, this is the prayer that we're going to talk about tonight. And I, I want to warn you, I want to tell you right up front, um, and some of you guys will not like this prayer. Actually, I, I, would, I would probably say many of us will not like this prayer. And um, many of us in this room may even refuse to pray this prayer. And it's not a common prayer, and it doesn't feel good, and it's not consistent with the um, God will always make your life better kind of Christian theology, right? And, but this prayer, it does have the potential to open your heart to the work of God in such a way that it can forever change your life. So the prayer that I'm going to ask you to consider praying is this prayer. God, break me. And I don't have it up on the screen. You can write that down. But the prayer is simply, God, break me. And we're going to talk about that tonight. So my first idea with this kind of, this whole idea of brokenness, um, it was actually about 21 years ago. I don't know if you remember this, Kristen. Um, I was in a meeting with my youth pastor. His name was Doug. Um, because Kristen and I, we had felt called into ministry to be youth pastors, and um, and we were about to kind of about to take this first step into ministry uh, into a youth pastor position at a church, and um, like we had this kind of very solemn moment. I was meeting with Doug. I was talking with Doug, and I'll never forget. Doug was kind of a he was a, just a big goofy guy, and um, he and you never knew when he was really serious and when he wasn't. And he leans in and he looks at me and he goes, I have one promise for you. And, and one promise and one guarantee for one thing that's going to happen to your life as you're in ministry. And so I was naive enough to think, oh, Doug, he is about to say like, God is going to bless your life in a massive way. Like he's go- God is going to exceed your expectation. Doug is like about to encourage me and really build me up. God's going to use you to, to, to win many teenagers for Jesus. Like it's going to be amazing. And I'll never forget, Doug looked at me and he looked at me right in the eyes and he said, God 
is going to break you. I was like, well, crap. Doug, like, um, I, well, praise the Lord. Like, thank you, Jesus. Like, this is what I want to hear, Doug, right? And, um, and, and so he said, God will break you. And so we started ministry, and we hit, we hit road bump after road bump after road bump. Some, some really, really heart-wrenching things um, have happened in ministry. Like, uh, talk about, like, people, people quit church a lot because they talk about church hurt. But, man, if anyone could quit church, like, we've, we've been hurt. And, it's, and, and I want you to know, too, it's not, it's not God. People are people, and people are stupid. And people make a lot of stupid mistakes and do a lot of stupid things. God wouldn't do that to you. So I just want to clear that up real fast. But we got hurt. We got hurt at times. And, and, and there's, there are many moments. And, you know, we've been youth pastors for almost 21 years. And, and there are so many students that we've been so close to over the years who, who we've seen them, like, go to camps and retreats and missions trips. And God do amazing things in their lives. And they get baptized and then they walk away from Jesus. And that hurts. It really hurts. Dangerous prayer is God break me. So I, at the time, I, I could not imagine, um, even through that, I couldn't even imagine the blessings and the closeness with God on the other side of the brokenness. So, Tonight, not all of you will pray this prayer, and you don't have to. This isn't a prayer that you like have to pray to be a Christian, to go to heaven. Um, this, it's you, but but I want to encourage you, maybe to consider this tonight, um, and give God permission to do a, a deep work in your life. God, break me. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to look at two different stories in the Bible, which is really cool because these stories are actually side by side with each other in the Bible. And um, they're in the very same chapter. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark. Uh, and, uh, and one story is immediately followed by the other story. So the first story, if you're not awake yet already, this, the first story is about a prostitute. And, um, and back in this time, everyone's ears perked up, like, okay, um, if you were a prostitute, uh, it's, it's only because um, life dealt, dealt you a, a bad hand. Like you, you dealt you cards that you felt like you had no way to play except for this desperate plea. Because in this time, like prostitutes, they, they were hated, they were spies, despised, they were full of shame. And, and who knows, honestly, what would have led this woman to this lifestyle. Maybe she was a single mom and she had no other way of paying the bills. Maybe she had been abused by men and this is what she felt like was right. Maybe whatever it was, she was hated by every woman and used by many men. Full of shame. But one day, she met a man who treated her differently. Maybe for the first time, a, a male figure in her life showed her honor, showed her respect, treated her with dignity, and he loved her appropriately. And it transformed this woman, but it confused everybody else. Mark 14, verse 3. This is interesting to me. It says this, While Jesus was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman 
And, and this is like the sinful woman that we know from Luke's gospel, the sinful woman. She comes in, and the Bible says, with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Now, the first thing I want you to know is whom, whom, whose house Jesus was in, right? He was in the home of who? Simon the leper. How do you get the name Simon the leper? You're, you're probably a leper, right? You had leprosy. And so what's going on here? It, what usually people would run from lepers. You didn't want to be in the proximity of lepers because it was a contagious disease. And you, and you didn't want to be around these kind of people. But what happened is Jesus had just healed this man who was a leper. So Simon, the leper, he's throwing a party and everybody's there. And that's what's going on. Like Simon no longer like it chips and dips at the party. His fingers weren't falling off in the dip. It was awesome. And, and so Jesus, he, he befriended Simon the leper and he healed the leper. And that's pretty amazing. Like you got Jesus, a rabbi, and this kind of sounds like a joke. You have a rabbi, a leper, and a prostitute, and they walk into a bar. Not really. But you got a rabbi, a leper. My jokes are funnier. Um, and, they, and they go into this house along with all these other disciples, and she comes in, this woman comes in with this very expensive perfume. And now, so before I go on, I want to explain this perfume to you. Um, this perfume was a valuable, valuable perfume. We find out later in the Gospels that it was, it was actually, the value of it was actually almost equal to a, a year's worth of wages. That's how valuable it was. And, and it was so valuable because it was incredibly rare. And it was really, really difficult to come by. And so she's got this incredibly expensive perfume. And in the next part, the verse says this. What did she do with the jar? Does anybody know? I didn't, maybe I didn't put that in there. She broke the jar. And then what did she do? I heard someone say it. She poured it, poured it on Jesus' head. She broke the jar and poured it on Jesus' head. Now, here's what happened. At this party, some people freaked out. Some people lost their minds. They were like, no, don't do that. Stop it. You got to stop that. Imagine like it was in slow motion, like the, maybe the disciples or other people at the party were like, no, don't do that. Like it's slow. And it was so valuable. And, and what she did was an act of worship to Jesus. And it was, it was so ex, more extravagant than anything that we could imagine. Essentially, what she was saying was this, Jesus, I give you my whole life. I give you everything. I give you everything. I'm giving you the most valuable possession that I have. It represents my past. It represents my present. It represents my future. And I'm leaving my past behind. And I'm giving my future and my source of income and my life savings away, Jesus, you've loved me so much, you've shown me so much love that I will break open, I'll destroy the most valuable possession that I have. And this represents my livelihood. I'll break it and I'll pour it all out in this selfless, extravagant moment of worship. And so it was broken and it was poured out. That's the first story. The second story is right after the first story. And, and it's in the same book of the Bible. And in this story, Jesus, he's having his last meal. 
and uh, he's gathered together with all of his closest friends, and he, he knows what's coming. He knows what's about to happen. And, he, and he's going, he knows that he's about to go to the cross. He knows he's about to be crucified. And so this is how Mark tells the story. In the same chapter, verse 22, says this, as they were eating, Jesus took some of the bread and he blessed it. Then what did he do? He broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take it for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks for it and he gave it to them and they all drank from it and he said to them, this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his disciples. He said, it, it, this, this is my, my blood that's poured out as a sacrifice for many. In each scenario, in both stories, something is broken and something is poured out. Broken and poured. He's saying, my body was broken for you. My blood will be poured out. This lady, the prostitute, was saying, this jar is broken in an act of worship, and I'll pour it all out because I'm giving you everything that I am, everything that I have, broken and poured out. See, Luke, in Luke's gospel, he, he tells the same story. And Luke wrote about it, and he told the story in, in almost the same way. But he added, and, and he picked up on something that maybe Mark didn't point out in the story. And this is what it said in Luke twenty two nineteen. He said basically the same thing. Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, and did what? Anybody? Broke it. Right, right, right. He broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Then Jesus, what did he say? Do this in remembrance of me. And we call this, as followers of Jesus, we call this the Lord's Supper. Or we call this communion. And we take bread and we take juice and we do this in remembrance of him. We celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus by doing this. Do this in remembrance of me. And so all scholars, all scholars agree that this um, refers to celebrating communion or the Lord's Supper. So scholars argue, though, that to do this means more than just that. Like Jesus says to do this, like, so like, what does it mean? Well, it, it certainly it means to celebrate what he did, but perhaps it could also mean that he was broken and he was poured out. And we should do that as well. Not like, not like just the, the ritual or the thing, thing of communion, not just like as in that sense, but as we live our lives as followers of Jesus. See, he calls us to live as Jesus lived and to love as Jesus loved. So we're to die to ourselves daily so that we can live for his glory. See, when the, the, the gospels, when they say to do this, what if perhaps Jesus was saying, don't just do it as an act of remembering, but also you be broken in such a way. Even Paul, he said this later on in the scriptures. He said, I'm poured out like a drink offering, giving everything that I have for God's glory. See, being broken and poured out. And here's the deal. God will break you. And I don't mean it like in a bad way, like in, a, in, in anything like really bad, but there will be difficult things. Difficult things happen in life. 
um, a, a few years ago, like several years ago, um, I had this student who grew up right here in this church, right here in the student ministry. Um, this student uh, felt called to ministry and was going to be a youth pastor, wonderful guy. I loved this guy so much. Like he, he graduated high school and then he came back and he interned with me for like two years because he wanted to learn. He wanted to, to, to be a youth pastor. He wanted to work with me and just, and so for almost every single day, <clears throat> was in the office with me. He, he preached for me at different times. He, he led and organized different things at different times. He went to camps. He went to missions trips. He led different things. He prayed. We, we did lots and lots and lots of ministry together. I absolutely loved and believed in this guy. But eventually he moves off, <clears throat> goes to a, a ministry school to, to begin to... Uh, be a youth pastor and, and begin to work towards that. And we're, we're there for him. We're supporting him 100%. At one time, eventually while he was at that school, he decided to make some changes in his life. And he was heavily influenced by a group of people. And the next thing I know, he's leaving that place. He's moved to the coast. And he decides to live, live a life totally different than who God created him to be. A life full of, of sin and deception. And, and this guy, even like, even in um, a lot of moments, like he didn't have a father figure in his life. His dad was in prison. And at one point, this guy, um, he even came to me and like, this was a, a real, I guess, meaningful thing for me. Because um, he didn't really have a dad in his life. And he thanked me for being like a father figure to him. I loved this guy. I believed in this guy. I saw God's work on his life. I saw God calling his life. I saw God move in, in his life in, in mighty ways. And, and he moves off and, and does all these things. And one day I reach out to him because I'm concerned. And, and, um, and in this conversation, he begins to say rude things, hurtful things, painful things then hangs up and blocks me in every possible way. Like, like I got to be honest with you guys, like, and, and I'm kind of a crybaby anyways, but I, I, that broke me. That broke me. It was like that ugly cry that you get, you know, that it, you, it's, I, I cried like crazy. And, and I'm, I'm, um, I describe it like crazy because when you're broken, like you don't care what anybody thinks and you just let it all pour out. I remember talking to Kristen about this, talking to David North about this, and, and a lot of close people that are, were connected with this guy about this, and, and we were broken together. And, you know, we may impress people by our strengths, but we connect to people most by our brokenness. And, and, and we connect to people deeply through our brokenness. Isn't that true? Do you guys ever see that to be true? Like we impress people with our strengths. Like, wow, that's really impressive, man. That's, that's so awesome. That's, I, I love that you can do that. You're an impressive person. You're very talented. But man, we connect to people most deeply through our brokenness. 
couple of months ago, um, even after winter retreat, um, we had testimonies in here. Man, it was like one of the most awesome, powerful nights we've had here at Emerge. And we had actually a couple weeks of that, and, and it was really powerful. And, and I hope it's okay to, to share this. I think it would be. But um, Jubilee, when you shared about your hurts and about your pains, your struggles, this whole room hurt with you. And I've got to be honest. Like, I've known you for a little while now. You seem like a really strong girl. But when you shared your weaknesses, we all connected. And, and we impress people with our strengths. But we connect through our brokenness. And I love your testimony. How many, how many months clean have you been now? Two months clean. Man, can, can, let's celebrate that. Come on. Man. So back when Doug, my youth pastor, said that God will break you, I, I would have had the exact same response that most everybody here is going to have tonight. Like, I, I don't want to pray that. Because being broken, it's not just one moment, but it's an ongoing breaking. And as God breaks your, maybe maybe for you, he, he, you get broken from sinfulness. And, and, um, and, and God continues to teach you to depend on him. Because life's greatest breakings often lead to God's greatest blessings. And in moments, like I've you told our story a hundred times, but even in these, these moments where my family has gone through some difficult breaking moments, on the other side, we've seen some of God's greatest blessings as well. And I, I want that to sink in tonight, that God's greatest breakings also lead to God's greatest blessings. See, when Doug told me that God would break me, I, I didn't realize the significance of that. When, when I look through the Bible, though, if you read through the Bible, you'll see the people in the Bible and how this proves to be true over and over and over again. Even, even Peter in the Bible who said right before Jesus was, was taken uh, to be prisoner, Peter was like, Jesus, I'll never deny you. And then what happens? He denies him like three times. Not just one time. That was bad enough. And then a second time. And then a third time. Peter was denying Jesus. But Peter broke. And But I want you to know this too, that Peter also was forgiven by Jesus. And after the resurrection, he was, Peter was chosen by God to be the guest speaker on the day of Pentecost. And at that day, on the day of Pentecost, around 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus. See, those whom God uses, the greatest are often those that have been broken the deepest. Because I want you to know tonight that God will never waste a hurt. He never wastes a hurt.
I think that it's it's I think there's some people in this room, um, somebody right now in this room, you know, talking about this prayer of break me, you know, you don't want to be broken, you don't want to pray this, and I want to tell you tonight that that's okay. You like you don't have to pray this prayer to be a follower of Jesus. Um, but maybe there's some of you guys in this room who you need to pray, like like. Maybe your prayer needs to be something like, I need God and I need his people and I need his Holy Spirit and I don't care what anybody thinks tonight, I just need you, God. Maybe that needs to be your prayer tonight. And, and when you get to that moment in your life, and you will someday if you haven't already been, because life guarantees it, you can either run to God or unfortunately, you can run away from God. And my greatest advice for you guys, everyone in this room, when you're broken, to fully depend on God and let him do a healing work in you. So some of you guys in this room right now, like maybe maybe through what we talked about tonight, we talked about being broken and some of you guys are in this room right now, you can you have exactly what it is. You have it in your head right now, whatever it is. Whatever that thing is that maybe you need to be broken in your life or it needs to break off of your life. You have you know exactly what that thing is. You have it in your head right now. And you need God to work in your life. I just want to take just a pause for just a moment. And I want you to think of that thing. Whatever that, maybe it's one thing, maybe it's a hundred different things, maybe it's, it's a few things. But I think a lot of you guys know in this room immediately when we say there's some things that need to be broken off of your life, you know exactly what that is. And I want to tell you this tonight. Without Christ, we're broken already. We're broken already. I'm broken without Christ. We are broken people. Like, like just, just look at our lives. We make sinful decisions. Why do we do that? Because we're broken people. And I want you to know that to this tonight that we can't heal ourselves. We can't get better on our own. That's why we call Jesus the great physician. He's the son of God. He was born without sin. He was perfect in every single way. He went to the cross. His body was broken. He shed his blood for us. He died and then he rose again. Why did he do this? Because that in the Bible, it says that whosoever, and that word that whosoever, that includes you and I, who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved and forgiven and transformed. And honestly, tonight, that's why many of you are here. You recognize that you're broken and you recognize your need uh, for healing and you recognize your need for God's forgiveness.